Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here, as always, with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm alive. Nope. I survived. Uh-oh. That bedtime was brutal tonight. Getting right into that, huh? Uh, well, you know, just what else can you think about except like, whew, thank God that's over. It's not the coronavirus that's getting you. You know what? Okay. Thanks for putting things in perspective. It's the Coker virus. Yeah. Two kids. <laughs> Two kids are trying to get at you. It is a good reminder that we've got, these are the problems we're dealing with. Just cranky cranky little ones yeah it was kind of a i wouldn't say it was like a terrible night but it was just annoying well (laughs) we're just getting into it right now you know we're taping this at a later hour here we're Uh, taping it at a later hour because the little one took so long to fall asleep i tried to put him in there at 6 30 he sort of fell asleep then brought him out while you were putting bo to sleep because he was crying Put him back in there. Then he was crying again, changed his clothes because thought he was hot, cried again. Finally, he's asleep after 8.30. So two hours of trying to get to sleep. Anyway, anyway. let's drink wine. Yeah, we're drinking some please. wine. We'll get into more of that in a second. Guys, gals, episode 23 of The Long Finish. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Shout out to my parents who have recently been listening to the podcast and have been enjoying it. And they both asked me, independently of each other, how do you make your podcast go national? I said, what? They said, yeah, you know, it's great. How do more people listen to it? I said, well, more people have to listen to it. Mom, you have to tell your friends. Tell people at, uh, I don't know, Rotary, you know, Lions Club. Whatever clubs you guys are in back in... What is Lions Club? I I sort of have an idea about Rotary, but if anyone knows what Lions Club is, could you DM me? Well, well, I think Lions Club... You know, I actually don't know either. All I know is that, like, when I was growing up and my dad went to Rotary, he would go to, like, the morning Rotary, and they had, you know, breakfast there. But there's also, like, a nighttime Rotary, which was, like, a little bit more boozy and a little bit more... All the cool... the after hours. The cool dads, I think, were all going to the nighttime rotary. And I think they also went to the the Lions Club. I think it's just like another excuse for people to get away from their families. (laughs) We're going to go rotary tonight. Oh, sorry, kids. Can't put you to bed. I got to be at Lions Club. So that's what we'll call it. Sometimes Bo will be like, are you going to be here for nighttime? I'm like, nope. Got Lions Club. That's what it's going to be. So thank you to everyone who's listening and helping us go national. We're also international. Thank you to uh, the listeners down in Australia, Mitch, Germany, Italy. We appreciate it. See, mom and dad, we got listeners all over the place. But if you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean a lot to us. We'd love to keep those reviews coming in and lets us know uh, that you're out there and listening to us. We've got a great bottle of wine tonight. We wanted to get into a wine that I feel like is a controversial, not a wine, but a varietal that is sort of polarizing, and that is Chardonnay. So, Catherine, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, we are drinking a fabulous Chardonnay, Cruise Wine Company Chardonnay. It's all sourced fruit from the Rourke Vineyard in the Sierra foothills of California, vintage 2017. And it's an awesome bottle. The color of the wine is also like a deep yellow, and it is slightly cloudy, looks unfiltered, and... It's Chardonnay through and through. I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. You know, you hear so many people talk about whether they, they're into Chardonnay or completely out of Chardonnay. So I'd like to ask you some questions tonight about, we'll get to this in a second, but talking about, you know, 
why it's such a polarizing grape for a lot of people. Yeah, let's get into it. But let's go ahead and recap this annoying to use your, I think it was your word, or did I say I that? I think it was you. But <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it. It could have been me. To quote too. myself, an annoying <laughs> night. And actually, I missed a big portion of it. I was working on something else, and I came home, and I still had to do a little nighttime, and the nighttime lasted forever. So your ranking on tonight was? 5.5. 5.5. I actually would agree with you. I think it's like a 5, maybe a 4.5. Yeah, I'm not saying like it's the worst night ever. It was just not great, and it was long, and there was a lot of jumping before you got home. I was like already tired before you got home. Yeah, I got a text from you that said, they're testing me. <laughs> It was a nice way of putting it. Just like no, it was uh, quite. The subtext was "hurry the hell up." Well, I'm glad you read that because that's exactly what the subtext was. You know, you've been married for a long time. When one person can type, they are testing me, and the other one knows. Get home. They need an animated emoji, which is just the finger, like point, like (laughs) get home, like come hither, the come hither animated emoji. But yeah, I agree. I mean, like what. Tonight was annoying. Last night, again, I slept on the couch. Every episode is, oh, Tug sleeps on the couch again. Maybe this, you know, relationship's in trouble. No, it's just because our three-year-old just comes in and... Well, the first half of the night's good. Oh, I know. That's why (laughs) you and I try to go to bed so early. We're like, (laughs) we're seriously, we're having having dinner at 5 p.m. Try to be in bed by 9, 30, 10. swear it's so good. Which I'm I'm a night owl, so going to bed early is very tough for me. I probably still went to bed at 10, 30. It's not weird for me. I feel so good. It is like, I know, I see it being against every fiber of your being i used to watch like every late night show like i would watch you know well i also colbert used to work kimmel late. seth myers i used to letterman work. my idol i used to work late in restaurants so i would get home so late and then still have energy and you'd be here doing stuff or watching the shows catching up working on edition whatever so our life was just so different then we'd get up at eight or nine in the morning it was like completely different schedule there was a you know point in the 90s and 2000s where you would watch multiple sports centers on espn and those days are so long gone i haven't seen a sports highlight on a television in, in years so probably since last saturday i mean probably, let's probably four honest. days ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on who are we kidding <laughs> who are we kidding anyway tough night uh combined with tough nights because we just we our two kids they, they just can't get over this lingering cold it's not coronavirus <laughs> you guys it's not it's not but we did have to cancel title tunes today the music class the theme of this episode annoying. although i have to say the best part of my day is when i'm rocking. You come home and you see me yeah that's one is that is that right no because i get home first <laughs> okay. um <laughs> the best part of my day is when i'm holding one of them while they're falling asleep and they're just like pressing their body on you and like leaning their head into you and you're just holding them and they're cuddling oh it's the best feeling in the whole world oh, so it's, it's been a trap though because the, our our youngest one does that all the time and you put him in his crib and he starts to wail it's just a trap it's a trap i'll put him down anyway yeah i know you do run and run out of the room it's night night and it's night night and we head to our bottle of wine so let's get into it let's talk chardonnay Chardonnay, love it or hate it. There's a lot of lovers and a lot of haters. When I was designing the Birdie G's menu, that's the newest restaurant in the Rustic Canyon family, I put a section called I only drink Chardonnay because people exist that only drink Chardonnay. That is just their beverage. And then there are people that will never drink Chardonnay. They hate it. 
Chardonnay has so many styles. We're going to talk about that. It's hard to believe that you could only drink that or never drink that. But really, it is so polarizing. You're right. So let's talk a little bit about the wine we're having tonight. I know that you recently met in person with the winemaker. And so that's always exciting. We always are big fans of his wines and his wine labels. That's the whole package that Michael puts together. So why don't you go ahead and give a quick recap on the wine and talk a little bit about the winemaker. Yeah, so this is Michael Cruz. Um, and I did get a chance to taste with him uh, about a week and a half ago. He came down to Santa Monica. He's in Northern California. He has a custom crush facility in Petaluma. He got into the wine game. Well, what I was reading about him was that he got into the wine game because he loved science. That was kind of his intro in. And science. Science time. <laughs> and he learned like a lot of things in the wine business by working for other people, including a stint at Sutter Home. I really liked that. But in 2000... You learn how to make the individual bottles that went into your grandma's uh, uh, fridge every night. Zinfandel. That is a special talent. But he started his own project in 2008 with Ultramarine. And it was a nod to his love for champagne, a sparkling wine that was so, so cult. It would... Cult, because there was almost none made. You're saying C-U-L-T, cult. C-U-L-T, cult. Yeah. It be, had this cult following because there was so little. So you were just so lucky if you got three bottles or a bottle. Of course, no one could taste it. You just had to like go for it. And I, I was working at Domain LA when I first saw that wine come out. And I'm like, what is this? This amazing sparkling wine from California. And then in 2013, he expanded to make Cruise Wine Company. So he sources grapes from vineyards that he loves that really reflect a sense of place and mostly that are about varietals that are different than Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Now, this is an exception, but most of the time he's interested in varietals like Valdegui or Tanat or Carignan, something a little bit more unusual. But he loves this fruit. And this is from the Rorick Vineyard in Sierra Foothills. Sierra Foothills in California is on the eastern side of the state. So you can drive from San Francisco to Sierra Foothills about two, two and a half hours to get to close to where this vineyard is. So think higher out, even though it's inland, which would be warmer, it's higher altitude. And it's all organic fruit owned by Matthew Rourke and his family, another winemaker, and they farm it. And Michael's really happy with how they farm this vineyard. So this is Chardonnay, and it's all hand harvested and gently, gently crushed. And then it's fermented in neutral oak and aged in neutral oak. And the color is just really kind of electric. Michael Cruz, his bottles are always so special. Special, so specific that usually looks like there's some kind of old art or old photo on them. And then with really bright, intense paint splattered over it in some manner. And I asked him about it. He's worked with the same designers since he started and he loves these guys. And he, they come to him with the ideas. They kind of work together and land on something really special. So I just like that. And you asked him like, what do they mean? Well, one of them I asked what he meant what it meant the pet nut when I was tasting with him and he's like this is the only one where I don't know but I like it you know <laughs> but I know that they go back and forth about different things oh well this one has to be this color because this is really the color that evokes this wine or I, I'm sure each of them has a, a special story and but they really are eye-catching labels. And once he's gathered the grapes, wh where is the wine production done? So that's in Petaluma, custom crush facility. So he makes all of his wines there and sources all of his fruit. So Chardonnay. Let's get into it. Love it or hate it. Just like the game said in his famous rap song, 
I know. Shout out to all the game fans out there. Why? Why are people polarized with Chardonnay? Okay, well, let's start with the basics. It's a white grape variety. So already some people are out. They don't like white. It's a white grape, you know, great range of styles like we talked about. It can be lean. So that's Chardonnay that's fermented and aged without oak usually. It can be rich and buttery and creamy. Usually that's fermented and aged with oak. And you can have sparkling wine from Chardonnay as well. When it's in Champagne, it's called Blanc de Blanc. That's 100% Chardonnay. So those are the kind of three styles that you're going to get. Chardonnay is actually the most planted grape in the world. More planted than Iran, which is the grape in Spain that um, is used for brandy and such. Chardonnay everywhere. It's also so loved by many winemakers because not only does it show like a sense of place, but it also can show whatever winemaking, um, whatever winemaking you choose. So in some ways, it's kind of like a blank canvas, which is really fun for a winemaker. That's cool. So in California, we have Chardonnay that more often is in a warmer spot. It's getting a lot more sun and more fruit. It tends to be bigger and bolder and can stand up to more oak, especially new oak. So we get a lot of these big buttery styles that have been so popular for many many years that is what many people just don't like because it is you almost don't even taste fruit you just taste butterscotch spices vanilla cream creme brulee where's the wine in there i don't know it's almost more of a cocktail yeah, people are against that, but there are people... There are people that only drink that. Yes, exactly. And that is like a thing. Give me the buttery shard. That's it. And if you give them an unoaked shard, they're like, excuse me, what is this? Yeah. It's almost like, oh, is that a different wine? It's actually the same varietal, but that's what I said. It's almost a blank canvas. It can be. Mm-hmm. So you can do a lot with it or do a little with it. Traditionally, Chardonnay comes from France, from a little town called Chardonnay, actually. And it means place of the thistles. I don't know what that has to do with the grape, actually, but that's just what it means. But we most know Chardonnay from France, from Burgundy. That is the grape throughout the Cote d'Or. It's the grape in Chablis. It's funny. People come to the restaurant. I don't like Chardonnay. Oh, I'll drink Chablis. Okay, you know, it's a good <laughs> yeah. thing to remember. Yeah. Chablis, always, forever, Chardonnay as well. And that's probably the origin, the heart of the unoaked style. The style of Chardonnay being picked and fermented in stainless steel, aged in stainless steel, a lighter, more citrusy, more acid to it, a lean style. So some people really respond to that. It's still Chardonnay. And then there are those styles in the United States as well. Of course, there's Chardonnay made in South America, in Australia. I've had some Chardonnay from Germany, Spain. There's Chardonnay in South Africa. It's made almost everywhere because it's got this following, you know, people that love it and winemakers that love it. It's one of the reasons it's so vastly grown across the world because it's relatively easy to grow. It's quite adaptable. It can grow in sunny climates, like I was saying, central California. It can grow in Spain and then can grow in cool climates, France, some parts of New Zealand, cooler. So it is adaptable. Now, when it comes to Chardonnay, this from your your market, Santa Monica, what's the general response to people drinking Chardonnay at Esther's and Russet Canyon and other places within the group? Like typically what's what are people looking for with their Chardonnay here? You know, the second I think I know, I'm always fooled, but I try to have a mix because if you just go for one style, you'll be alienating other folks. So we always try to have something 
that's a little bit of buttery and oaky. Now, this style we're drinking tonight, I said, it was fermented in neutral oak. It's aged in neutral oak. But it's not an oaky, buttery style. It doesn't have that overarching. You still really taste the fruit. So I would call this in the middle. It's in between those two styles. We have a lot of wines like, a lot of Chardonnays like that, that someone who likes a buttery oaky and someone who likes a leaner style could kind of come together and drink the same thing at the table. When we first opened Esther's, I remember we went like a little bit more with just leaner Chardonnays and people kept asking you, asking, and then we kind of had to compromise in some degree well, with, with a certain couple of wines. It's true. And and when we opened, we had two Chardonnays by the glass. We had one that was more lean, and we had one that was a little bit richer and more buttery. So I always want to have something in the shop for both ends. Now, it may not be as... Do you remember those wines that you opened with? Mm-hmm. That'll be a test for you one day. Yeah, it would. That's a good test. Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I will say, oh, I will say even the buttery styles that we have, they're not going to quite come up to La Crema. La Crema (laughs) is La Crema. Yeah. It's La Crema, baby. It is the the butter of the buttery, but there's other like- It was telling you right in the name. There are other like fine wines we had on our menu at Rustic Canyon, Peter Michael, the king of buttery Chardonnay, the king of oak Chardonnay. And it was a like a fine wine, like a culty wine for many years. Now the general palate has shifted so much. I mean, the general palate now is of the wine geeky, wine lover people is way more into the leaner styles, I would say, than that. Um, I feel like that's happened even as the five years of Esther's being open. Oh, absolutely. For very, sure. Very interesting to watch that change. And I'm se- I'm telling you, no restaurant in the Rustic Canyon Group and probably in all of Los Angeles, nobody can keep Chablis in stock. My goodness. People love Chablis. I don't know if they love the name. It, it's like what Sancerre used to be. They love the name. They love the feeling. They love how zippy and minerally it is. Yeah. They love the classiness of it. Like, people love Chablis. My goodness. Well, we'll have to do an episode on Chablis then we in should. the future. <laughs> Also, but, we love it too. But I'm, I love this wine tonight because I think it kind of bridges those two worlds. So when I think about Chardonnay, like the just basic flavors, basic structure, right? There's usually apple and that could range from yellow apple and green apple in a lighter style or more red apple in a bigger style. Some tropical fruits sometimes like pineapple or mango and then vanilla and butter and sometimes mushroom or minerality. I'm um, depending on if it's more earthy or mineral. Meyer lemon and lemon. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's citrusy. You know, Chardonnay just has a. It just has like the distinct nose. Chardonnay nose. Yeah. Well, also when it's fermented and aged in oak, that allows for more oxygen, and you get that tiny bit of like slight nuttiness to it, which just like yeah. comes with oak. Well, oak aging. Just that little bit of oxygen that was introduced. Chardonnay is always dry. It's medium bodied and it's actually medium acid. But you might not guess that sometimes in styles from like Chablis. And it's fuller bodied. So it's higher alcohol, usually like 13 to 15%, which is a lot for a white wine. What are we dealing with tonight? 13.5. Yeah, see. So this is kind of in the middle. I think what you're saying is right. It's got that pear and Meyer lemon, yellow apple all the way white flowers and that like little nutty 
Not like um not butterscotch, but there's a little toastiness to it. Yeah. It's pretty. It's definitely nuanced and it's definitely complex. No, it's delicious. So to those people out there who are maybe a Either, either averse to Chardonnay or just a little scared of Chardonnay for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't like it the first time they tried it or they just hear, hear people disliking it. How do you recommend people jumping into the Chardonnay pool, so to speak? If you just hate it, hate it, hate it all around, just go get some champagne. Go get some Blanc de Blanc champagne. That's 100% Chardonnay and it's sparkling wine from champagne. There's a fantastic way to get it into your glass. If you want to try something, you're like, I'll dip my toe in a little more. Try an unoaked Chardonnay, either Chardonnay in fermented and aged in stainless steel, Chardonnays from Chablis, Chardonnay from newer up and coming producer in California. And usually those leaner styles fermented and aged in stainless steel are often less expensive. They didn't have to buy those big barrels. So I would try that. And And then, you know, get your way to Burgundy where you're going to find a modest amount of oak, but definitely oak and burgundy, but modest amount, uh, in Cote d'Or, I should say. And those are beautiful, balanced wines. Beautiful. That's my next question. How do you recommend someone who likes to go to more the buttery shards and bring them down just a little bit to try the other side of the spectrum. Is this an example of a wine to maybe go to? Yeah, this would be a wine that's like, it's not overly buttery or oaky. It's still really in balance. This would be a great step down, a step to something, discovering the varietal a little more, stepping away from that oak and butter. If you want to go to Europe and you want to experience something like beautiful from Burgundy, a lot of times I reckon it, recommend Merceau. The Chardonnays from Merceau tend to be more voluptuous, more fruit, have more unctuousness to them, but without that kind of crazy new oak from California. That sounds cool. Get them. And get them. And yeah. there's a range of styles in Merceau too, but ask for something that's broad and unctuous. But if you go to the Russell King family of restaurants, you're going to see Chardonnay almost all by the glass lists. Yeah. Oh, God, you've got to have a Chardonnay by the glass. Some kind of Chardonnay you got to have by the glass. Right now at Esther's, we have a really lean Chardonnay by the glass. And then we have some other wine, uh, white wines that have more texture and oak to them. Sometimes we have a Chardonnay that has more texture and oak. And then lots of other lean styles. Just depends. So now we get to the two questions that I ask in every episode, which is pairings. Thoughts on food pairings with Chardonnay? Classic pairing for the buttery, buttery Chardonnay would be something like lobster. Something super rich, creamy, creamy pasta. Or like um, a beurre blanc sauce. You know, something just super rich. Good with fried chicken, too, frankly. I actually just like buttery chard and fried chicken. Buttery Chardonnay can also be kind of like, you know, just... Oh, gosh, got to have a Snickers, you know, got to get that buttery shard. Like there's been nights where I felt like that. It's just like this indulgent thing. I'm going to have a burrito and have a buttery Chardonnay. It's a guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure indulgent thing. The leaner styles and taking Chablis is the first example. Think of oysters, think of seafood, think of scallops, think of things that want something with more acid and more citrus notes, that lemon that you'd squeeze on your fish. And then champagne, I'm going to go with everything. So 
Everything. And, and just to, you know, do the comparison, old world and new world. Obviously, we we're talking about Merceau and Chablis and things like that. But you see people moving away from the buttery shards. Is this like a current movement with the Chardonnays from California? Are you seeing more like leaner style stuff that's kind of in, in vogue with the rest of the Absolutely. wine movement. There's this movement at which has been going on for a while of being in balance. The idea of having less intervention in the winemaking, less winemaking showing and more of the fruit showcased, more of the place showcased. And with Chardonnay, that means less oak. That less oak that's covering it up. Chardonnay lends itself to oak. It can still be fermented in aged in oak like this beautiful wine, but you still get a sense of the fruit and where it's from and it's not covered up. So now if you're maybe in some of smaller markets looking for a wine and you want to try some of these California Chardonnays that are trying to show more expression from the varietal. Uh, recommendations on how to go about finding the wines we're talking about tonight. Yeah, I think that in this case, you have to talk to someone, someone who works in the wine shop or the wine store. It's not going to say most of the time, it's not going to tell you on a label what style it is. You're going to have to do a little research or go in and ask someone what you're looking for. The only exception to that being often a classic entry-level Chablis is going to be unoaked. So that might just be your foolproof way to find something different if that's the direction you're going. Right. So talk to people. You know, that's the theme of this show. Talk to uh, people. Theme of the show. Yeah. And also, not that you should be walking around Googling everything on your phone, but this day and age, I mean, that is such an amazing tool. It wasn't like that 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You couldn't just go into a wine store and be like, hmm, I'm going to look up this wine on my phone. But you could now. You could actually find what someone else says about it. And um, so there's really no excuse to not know something. And I did see, well, years ago, we went to Indianapolis, and I did see some cruise wines in Indianapolis. So I know it is in some moderately sized markets. So, you know, if you're out there, you might be able to find cruise wines, you know, and you'll recognize the bottle immediately. There really are the beautiful labels and, and beautiful wines. So try to grab one if you find one. Do it. All right, now we come to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go ahead and go first. This is simple. It's my sister. She had a baby this week. Catherine and I are aunts and uncles for the third time. Shout out to my youngest sister, Lori Coker, for having a baby and her husband, Brian. We're very excited to meet the young boy. She's given us the name, but she hasn't announced it publicly, so we're not going to say anything. Wouldn't that be so bad if I, like... I, like said this on the podcast be before very, she announced it to like the world bad. what the what the what her kid's name was. So I'm not gonna do it, but she's my youngest sister and I know she's been excited about this for a long time. Couldn't be more happy for her and for Brian and the young baby boy. So uh congratulations to all of them. We're really excited to meet the family very soon. Hard not to be inspired by that. I know you're That's excited the too. Absolute best. Yeah. What do you it got? Tops all every that tops everything. It does top everything. So it's been a great week for us. So what what do you have? This week, I'm inspired by a person as well, Joel Dixon. Joel is the COO of the Rustic Canyon family of restaurants. He is also a friend. And he's just a very, very thoughtful person. Often, he will go on a trip and bring me a present that nobody does that anymore. You know, I feel like that's something that my parents used to do. Like, nobody does that. It's so... Well, I mean, our family, you know, but a friend. It's so thoughtful. And just today, he left a little card on my backpack. And inside, it was a sweet card. 
uh, Huckleberry Cart said, you know, I'd like to share a pastry with you. And he, he crossed out one pastry, wrote five pastries because he knows I like pastries. And, you know, he knew that I had been sort of having some anxiety and stress about the world earlier this week and work and so many things. And he saw that and he said, you know what? I just want to take care of you. Here's a gift card to go get yourself a mani-pedi at the spa. And, you know, I'm your friend. I love you. What a thoughtful thing to do. No, it was just so out of the blue. What a just random act of kindness from a co-worker and friend. And that just surprise of that really touched me. And I, I hope that I can return that favor to some to him and to another friend someday. That was really sweet. That's very thoughtful. And I'll just let it be known to the world. And if Joel, if you're listening, haven't received my gift yet. So look forward to getting that next time I see you. Well, then I was also like, do I really need a manicure? Was he <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. maybe he was he telling tell- me Yeah, something. what's he saying? Uh, Joel is the best. So that's great to hear. And um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm waiting for that gift, Joel. All right, episode 23 is in the books. The Michael Jordan episode for The Long Finish is all wrapped up. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to our show. If you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, you know how much it would mean to us, so please take two minutes out of your day to do that. And um, we have some more episodes coming up. We're really excited about what we have in store for the next month, so stay tuned for that. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Weil Coker on Instagram and Catherine Weil Coker on Facebook and The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram and The Long Finish on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Guys and gals, thank you so much for listening to the show. Be sure to be continuing to wash your hands. Stay thoughtful towards your health as the coronavirus who knows what that is ultimately going to entail for america and abroad but everyone stay safe and stay healthy thinking about all you out there and if you need to quarantine yourself for a couple days grab a few bottles of wine and listen to the show so everyone we're thinking about you stay healthy have a great week we'll be back next week with an all-new episode until then happy drinking ciao